was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 90. I'm breaking stuff and everything. Listen, this episode, we're going to be talking about authenticity uh, is cultural currency. We'll get into that bar later. Uh, Vulnerability. We're talking about what to do with ideas, how to outwork the competition and more. Right. Moose. How are we feeling about this episode? It's a lot. It's a lot. This this is like very, I feel like very quality content, intelligent, like high vibrational type stuff. Yeah, no, I feel like this is going to be rich. That's what I'm, yeah, this, this is going to be rich. It's going to be rich. It's gonna Hopefully be rich. it makes you guys money too. Let's just get <laughs> into this intro. <laughs> Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, shout out to all our audio listeners, our video viewers everywhere around the world. We're on the charts in Gambia and Trinidad and Tobago and Saudi Arabia. Vibes. We just vibes. We just we just appreciate y'all. Vibes. I mean, we, we appreciate y'all. We would have never thought that we would be global like that. We never thought yeah. about it. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's vibes. Yeah. That's vibes. Yeah. Shout out to my people in Saudi Arabia. That's my uh my Middle Eastern family. There you there. go. Maybe I gotta like they got like go. a long lost cousin over there just like tuning in. Like, yo, I'm listening to the podcast. Right, right. Because I was <laughs> like, I don't dope. know nobody. No, that's, <laughs> that's fire. I, yeah. That's fire. I don't that's know nobody. Cool. Um, that's really cool. And of course, you already know this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one uh, streaming all-in-one production vibes everything that you hear and see of nikki and moose is all done on ecamm with a push of a button so if you want part of ecamm live uh you get 14 days for free on us if you just go to www.nikkiandmoose.com slash ecamm e-c-a-m-m but anyways moose how we feeling I uh, feeling pretty good. Thanks for asking. I uh, had a good week. Uh, wasn't wasn't too crazy like work wise. I actually kind of slowed down on the work stuff a little bit just because, you know, like when you feel a burnout is coming. Yeah. It's like like tickling. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, nah, I don't know that this is the time to push. Like there are mm. times where you just like, yeah, nah, you got to push through it. Yeah, this one, I was like, nah, I don't know that pushing is the right move. So I kind of just like took it easy, still did what I had to do, but I wasn't trying to like go crazy for no reason. Oh, see, that's, that, so, that opens up a whole conversation. This this podcast yeah. will go somewhere different. We're, we'll leave that for the live. We'll leave <laughs> yeah, that for yeah, the live. Yeah. But um, no, that's, that's really dope that you could acknowledge that a burnout is about to come. Mm-hmm. Like some people mm-hmm. are not that self-aware. Um, okay, one one quick question and, and then we'll leave it for a live or something. But yeah. is that because you had 
several burnouts before. So now you know some of this, that you're being intentional with understanding the signs. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, because my, my cycles used to be like really long, meaning I would feel like I'm on top for three months and then I'm on the bottom for three months. Mm -hmm. So my goal over the last say five to seven years was to shorten my cycle. I've been working on it. Like, yo, I gotta shorten my cycle. So now I'm from like three months to like, you know, three days, maybe three weeks, depending on how crazy it could be. But I'm like shorten that cycle, shorten that cycle, shorten that cycle. So yeah, I've, I've definitely had my fair share. So I'm, I'm trying to avoid it all together right now. Yes. This will be the first one that I avoid completely, which I'm praying I That's hit dope. a little juke move and bounce out of it, yeah. That's okay. I want to ask questions, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to, people. I'm sorry. After show. No, after got, show. Hey. Right, right, right. Yeah, y'all. Everybody catch, get the after the, show. So let's yeah, like catch plug. up on us with the after show. Yeah. Uh, join us on the All Access Squad uh, on Apple Podcasts because we do a really dope after show that you guys should should be listening to, but just neither here nor there. Um, I feel so. That's. That's dope that you're like aware of it because I feel for me, I don't feel like I'm going through a burnout, but I feel like I'm being very intentional with the rest. Mm -hmm. I'm being mm -hmm. intentional with the like the movements. Not because I feel like a burnout is happening or about to happen. I think it's just being uh, learning from before of you know, what, what I was doing and I never really saw, not never really, but I, I didn't see progress like I wanted to. So now I think yeah. I'm trying out some new things. I think with, you know, back when I had COVID and realizing like not everything is such an emergency. You don't always have to be in front of the computer. You don't have to do date. So I'm actually... Mm -hmm not being in front of the computer all the time. I'm actually not reacting to certain things in the urgency way that I did, but not compromising the work either. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just moving with more intentions. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, it's a big season too. So I feel like, I think the word they would use is pruning. So I feel like this mm. is the season where you're like being pruned, right? Like, it's it's almost like a preparation season. There's a lot going on. There's important decisions to make. There's there's things to build and develop. Right. But you also don't want to almost like scatter your energy to things that don't matter because you're just not going to have enough juice for the things that do matter. So I, that's what I'm kind of observing in, in what you're doing. I'm with that. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's get into this episode that I'm very excited about because we got really dope clips to talk about and break down. Um, to start it off, y'all know we love Nike. Nike, what's up? A little small sponsorship would be dope, but yeah, certainly. Neither, neither here nor there. Nike had a really amazing guy named Greg Hoffman uh, who used to work everything marketing. I don't want to mess up his exact title, but he was a big deal and a marketing genius for Nike. And he was on a recent podcast. I think it's like the diary of the seat of a CEO. And he said something about authenticity 
for a brand that was so fired. I tweeted it out. So shout out to those people who follow us on Twitter. Um, and so you know where I'm going with this. But let's just play the clip. I always use that mantra, don't chase cool, because uh, most likely you're not going to catch it. And that idea that your authenticity is your cultural currency. The minute your audience can no longer see your original pursuit, and every company's a bit different, is the day they kind of leave you and go, go engage and partner with someone else. It's belief, it's mission, it's vision, it's values. You know, where are you going? How are you going to get there? What do you believe? What's your promise to your audience? And what are the characteristics and traits that compose your brand in that pursuit um, to deliver inspiration and innovation to, to everyone? What a word. What a word. Let, let me let me let me start this one off because this one has hit me for a few days. Okay. Really? A few days. The the fact that I tweeted it, meaning it hit me. There's I don't really tweet too much, but when I do, it's because something really got to me. And I think it was definitely that authenticity is like cultural currency. And I think with the way the world and society is, that couldn't be so truer, regardless if you are a personal brand, regardless if you're a Nike and Adidas or whatever, because authenticity keeps us connected with you. And I love how he said, once that goes away, there's a disconnect. We're going to search for another one that is we can feel like we can connect with. We can feel like there's something in it for us as well. We, we tend to just look at the products and services and what we have to offer too much and put too much bank on that. Where sometimes it's just about being transparent. Sometimes it's about being just real, whether it's about our environment, our backgrounds, our culture, uh, our viewpoints. Like literally people follow and buy from brands based off what they say and do and who they really are. If you don't believe in anything, it, it's you feel hollow. You're like a hollow brand. You don't have substance. There's nothing you really stand on. There's nothing about you we can really rock with. So the more authentic you are, the more you have uh, validation, the more you have acceptance in culture. And I think that's so valuable because we hear authenticity very often. We've spoken yeah. about it on, on the podcast so many times. Right. And now we're hearing it from a standpoint of making it equal to currency. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hold on. Wait, what does that mean? Wait. So like we're actually valued more because we're authentic, like because I can be who I am. And you're saying that my value goes up. Absolutely. Because it's rare. Because we expect you to sell 
the product and the services in a certain kind of way and only focus on that. But what about the value it brings to your customers? What about the beliefs that it holds? What about the 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 ethic that it has around? Like, what about all these things that we tend to just pass by it? And then we're wondering why we're not having customers swipe their cards or customers going to our events and and you know even from a smaller standpoint of sharing our content and clicking on our websites why aren't people doing these things you almost have to tap in and be like well am i really showing who i really am am i really showing what this brand is really about so the fact that he's saying authenticity is is what's bringing cultural currency. I was like, love yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's a good word. Because it's like, when, you, when when I think about what are the things that I'm into or the things that I enjoy, it's something that captivates not just my attention, but it captivates my heart, right? Like there is meaning to it. It's like, yo, there's a soul tie. There's a connection there. So, Anything but authenticity is hollow. Like it may look nice on the outside. It may have an appeal, but I think it's one of those things where it's, it's enjoyment doesn't last long. You get it for a little bit, but it doesn't last. Like it, it just wears off really fast. So I like that approach where it's almost an, not an exchange, but, but a way that you can monetize or have some form of a value like being built up just for bringing that to the table like you that can be looked at as value and you can get value the part that i also want to bring attention to as well because i think you spoke to the authenticity piece so dope is the parts of the traits the characteristics those definitions and principles that he talked about to make up a phenomenal company and brand mm-hmm. like that. That's important too, right? Like that part is something that a lot of us need to think about beyond our marketing and beyond our content and beyond on beyond what we're going to tell people. What is the essence of what we believe? Those are like those corny, cheesy little conversations that people sometimes overlook and say, oh, that's just something that you put on the wall that looks as a like a wannabe motivational mission statement or core value. But in actuality, great companies, they not only have those things defined, they also live them out. They're really intentional about living out certain things. So one of the, one of the brands or companies, of course, that comes to mind is Tom, uh, Tom's, the, the shoe company, right? For every pair they sell, they donate a pair. I don't know if they're as popular today, but I know for a time that was something that almost brought them more money because they stay true to something that they believed in, which is, hey, let's make sure people in need have shoes on their feet. So that's definitely a second part of that that I think everyone should pay attention to. If you don't have a greater mission behind your company, your brand, or your business, create one. If you don't have certain stories or or people that you really wanna captivate and serve, sit down and think about them. Like, what's that thing that drives you so that you can have a greater reason for why you're doing all of this. Because at the end of the day, if you're just doing the work to do the work, it's gonna run out. Like I'll, I'll tell you a quick story today, and, and this will be the last thing. that we would, When I got on a little late, I was at a store with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and we waited forever to get to the cashier to check out. 
So finally, we get to the line and he's like feeling extra friendly and bubbly today. And he says to the, to the lady at the register, like, how was your day? She's like, oh, really good. Thank you so much for asking. It's been this busy all day. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the line was was crazy. And right. then she says, but I like it this way. It makes time pass by faster. Facts. And then I was like, yo, is that broken thinking? Like, if you think about it, time is our greatest commodity. Why are we trying to make something that is of the most important to us in our life pass by so fast? Is it because we're doing something that is not meaningful to us? Like we've accepted to do things that are not meaningful to us. So we're trying to just rush through that phase to get to a little bit of whatever is left. I don't know. It just fascinated me today. And I was like, yo, that shows you the importance of why we need to build things that we believe in and, and, and really be intentional with what we're devoting our time to. So we never have to spend a day working on our brand, our business, and then say, oh yeah, I like it this way. It just makes time pass by faster. Like, I don't know if I want to just pat, I don't, like, I don't, I want to enjoy it. I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to soak it up. So I don't know that, that, that just for some reason registered with me differently. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not how I want to, how I want to pass my time. Like I want to, I want my time to stay on forever. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes with, you're not really in the place that you want to be anyway. So you're trying to speed up that time in order to get to where you really want to go. Which right. maybe for that person, it was home, you know? Right. And I don't know what happens over at home. Maybe she works on what she really wants. And maybe she works on a passion there or she just rests, you know? Um, but I actually have a question where when when he was talking about, you know, the values and the beliefs and everything of a brand, how important is it for everyone on the team to understand it? Right? Because... In that interview, he spoke on that and was like, you know, that's something that get brushed upon, like, quickly, right? And so not everybody on the team may understand those things. And you you stated earlier, you know, some people have it on the walls and things like that. But how important it is, is it for teams to, to have that, like, understanding? It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool if they have the understanding, but I realize most people won't understand it until they actually see it as part of your operations. Mm-hmm. So in certain businesses that I'm a part of, we reward behaviors we want to see. So if we have a value or we believe in, say, quality service, then or say treat everyone equally or fairly, then we're going to highlight the individual who's treating people with quality service and treating everyone equally. We're going to reward them for that behavior. We're going to speak to it as this is why it's important and this is why we're highlighting it because it's one of the things that we believe in. So I find that if you just say it or if you just make it a point for everyone to understand it, some people may get it, some people may not. And the, the reason why everyone is not going to get it because we're all moved by different things. But the minute that your team starts to see that you act out on your beliefs, the things that you say matter to you, they're a part of your operations, they're a part of your daily practice, they're a part of your decision-making process. They guide you toward what decisions you make and what you don't make. 
Everyone says, oh, we want impact over income. Everyone says that. Mm -hmm. There are two words that rhyme with, that start with an I, they rhyme, it sounds real cool and right, fun. Right. But, but how many people actually do that? Very few. So mm -hmm. I think that it's cool if they have the understanding, they're going to learn when they see you acting out. Like when you carry out those beliefs and really live them out loud. That makes sense. I'm with yeah. you. But we can't talk about authenticity and values and beliefs without talking about vulnerability. And uh, there was a new episode of The Shop. And, uh, of course, they talked about, you know, as celebrities, as influencers, how important is it to be vulnerable? And what's his name? Don, what's his last name? I no. forget, but I believe he's on CNN. He's an a, a he's the an only on CNN. yeah the only black guy on prime time. Uh, but he said this. I'm gonna get his name. Don't don't clip this up and say that I don't know his name. <laughs> get this name by the time he finished this uh, this clip. Well, you guys are supposed to be up there and like not break down, not show emotion. And, and, but well, no, the, no. Who says that? Well, traditionally, right? Well, we it's don't been... live in a Walter Cronkite society anymore. <laughs> we live in a different world right now, and there didn't used to be people who look like me. Yep. Right? You have a gay black man who is the only, I am the only black person in primetime on cable, right? So if I don't say it, if I'm not vulnerable, if I don't speak for my people and for my perspective, mm -hmm. then who am I? And I got it. It's Don Lehman. What there it is. It. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that. It's, it's so true. It's uh, it's kind of what I've been speaking about the last few episodes here and saying that I'm I'm walking more proudly into my faith because it's the thing that makes me me. So when you, especially when you feel underrepresented, and I and I connect with what he's saying, right? He's saying I am the only black male of. Uh, who, who I guess he also identifies as gay. So it's like, you're the only person. So if you don't say it, no one will speak for you. Mm -hmm. It is rare that you get someone who's willing to sacrifice their career, their profession, their calling to advocate on your behalf. Right. And most times people will not do that until they recognize and understand your experience. Right. So what... How are they going to understand? You got to speak it. So I, I totally understand that or, or, or just kind of see the importance of it is, man, you have to uncover or dig up the parts of you that you are hiding and think about ways to reveal them to the world where people can better understand them. And, and, and please keep this in context. It's not, it's not, a competition of comparing broken narratives. It's not about, we said this on the live once, it's not about showing the greatest scars or the most pain and, and wanting people to, sh to see that. It's, it's more about providing an understanding mm -hmm. to, provide, to provide some level of context to show the, the transgression or the transformation or to show the truth of, of what it really is, not what people think it is. 
So those are pieces that you should be thinking about in even either in your brand story, your business story, even in your personal self, pieces of you that you can reveal to people where they can better understand you. Because when understanding is present, so is grace. If I understand you, I'm automatically going to extend grace to your experience without you having to make me feel bad or tell me here's why I did this. It's like, no, I understand. Nikki identifies with this type of situation or she's been through this type of thing. So I, I can offer grace. The audience, they'll offer grace. They'll back you. They'll be in your comments kind of rooting for you and telling you like, hey, don't worry about that. I know you've had some experiences about that as well, where without you even saying anything, the audience is in there almost backing you because they already know. But if you would have never said anything or you never tell them and, and, and you're hiding things that matter, right? And, and things like our faith, our, our beliefs, our, our, our thoughts, our values, all of these things, people don't know. They right. might attack you, although you're someone who's supposed to be defending them. So yeah, that, that part is just like the great embrace, man. Walk into those things that you often feel pressure to hide. Yeah. And I, and I like that he said that like, it's not, people don't expect you to be all put together, regardless of certain titles, certain statuses, you know, and, and just like how Moose said and how Don said, it's like, yo, he is the only primetime black uh, anchor right now, like right now, right? Bump the, you know, of course, that that he's gay and everything like that. He wanted to emphasize, I'm the only black person. So what I have to say about certain things that are happening or that are not happening in society right now, it, it matters. Like, I have to show them how I feel about it. I have to give my perspective on it because there's no one else that can speak on it. And the way that the world has been is we seek for voices just like us. Mm -hmm. He's respected because of the point of views that he gives his, his, his views on things because he looks like us. He sounds like us, you know, he, um, he may have gone through some things or has family members that have gone through some things. There's no other people that are speaking on these different topics the way he is. And that goes towards just influencers and people with status in general. We seek for, for the vulnerability. We seek for their point of views on things because they are our voice on certain topics, certain cultural situations, you know, certain hobbies, whatever it is, they are the voice that we don't have. And so we root for them. We, we sometimes criticize them, but we root for them and we want them to continue to say what they are. Now there's going to be backlash regardless because we're one, uh, side wants wants them to stay and wants to hear it uh, there's other people that don't and that is the pros and cons of being vulnerable that's the pros and cons of of giving your all 
and saying how you feel about things, there's going to be people who don't care and don't want to hear it. But the good in it speaks louder than that. Because it is important, regardless of how big or small your influence may be, you are the voice for somebody. And before it was, you could only look this certain kind of way and have these amount of degrees and know these people in order to have uh, an opportunity to speak into the mic. Now it's like, no, you have, you could say it however you want to say it on a platform you can own or that has hired you for these particular things, but they mainly listen to you because of who you are based off the authenticity and the vulnerability that has almost needs to be, uh, the new requirement on some of these job descriptions. That's good. Yeah. Just saying. True. Now, uh, going into teams and ideas, this one, this part, I'm, I feel like I'm going to go in on because this is really dope. And I should have made the first clip, but y'all going to be excited about this one. So going back to Greg Hoffman, uh, marketing genius of Nike, right? Uh, he talked about things that help teams and what you should do with ideas. Um, and y'all know I've been on this journey of what's next and all these new ideas and everything like that. So this excites me. So let's hear it to make sure that you were incentivized to take risks. Um, You had the space to be able to present ideas that may not be on the plan. Um, And you had a receptive executive team that was willing to hear from you, either build internally or have a relationship with an agency that can take your conversations and the ideas you have and quickly visualize them in a visceral way. So, and you've heard it before, a picture says a thousand words. I would walk out of those conversations over and over again. I'd walk over to the visualization team and I said, let's let's come back to the team. Let's surprise them in three days with either an image or a short GIF or a film or even uh, oftentimes um, an app prototype that was working. Um, If I didn't do that, um, then more, more often than not, you might forget that the conversations ever happen. First, first and foremost, I'm applying that right now. <laughs> Literally text uh, my team saying, hey, Mondays, we're leaving it a part of the conversation of just ideas that you guys have. And we're going to be doing the pros and cons of it, you know, but speak openly about some of the things that you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting that right now. Like That's that good. first part is what has made his team in Nike so successful. So if he says that, I'm doing that, right? Yeah. Um, the second part where you, li- you literally, there's two parts to it literally make the idea visual in like a few days just to see 
how possible this could be. I never thought about that. That's good. I never thought, yo, with the idea, you may not like, because I think when we think of ideas, it's like, okay, how do I execute on it? And it's not truly a thing until it's executed. But sometimes you just have to see it. Like, see that it's possible because it's, it's a thought, right? It's not yeah. nothing we could touch or see anything besides what's in our head. So to literally have a visualization team, I've never heard about it. Like, all right, let me get your ideas. Boom, here, put this to life real quick. This may happen. This may not happen, but you could at least see what your idea looks like. And we could, you know, fix it up in the, you know, in the execution phase of it. But this is what it could possibly look like. Do you know how many ideas get dropped because we don't speak on it no more? Because there was never a, a next step. And in, in that interview, he was like, there's, there's a few reasons. There's like, one, there was no ownership. But two, there wasn't even a sight of it. Like you don't yeah. literally see the idea It's in your head, but that doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, okay. So with these Monday meetings, mm -hmm. we're going to pick what idea is the best that we're going to agree on. And then we're going to put that, we're going to visualize it. We're going to show it right somehow, some way. And I, it could go back towards like even uh, what's the vision boards, right? Mm -hmm. That's where it's like, okay, let's speak it into existence. Let's show it. It goes with that kind of concept, but I never, I never put it from a thought process of business and the ideas for business. How are we, how are we making it, it, come to life, but also for a team to see it, you know, because as leaders or aspiring leaders, we're always going to know what it looks like. We're always going to see the direction that it needs to go and things like that. And sometimes the communication gets lost because it's all in here mm -hmm. and the team. So it's not even from the person who comes up with the idea. It's more of the team seeing what you see or having the person on the team clearly see the whole team sees it. And it's like, not only do, did you hear my idea, but you actually made it come to life. So now I feel a bit valued yeah. on the team because you took it. You didn't just like, okay, cool. Thank you. Next person. No, like you took it and you actually made it into something. Now that that adds a little bit of like a confidence as well as acceptance of that and value of that team player uh, on some like, okay, like I'm heard. I have a voice and I could admit that my my stubborn ways is like, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. Nah, I'll shut mm. things down. I'll say no before I say yes very easily. But I think with this way, 
if I could visually see something and we all agree on it or majority wins, like, I think it could help not only open my mind to certain possibilities, but the the team's mind of possibilities. Because it's, I want to invest in a visualization team now. I just, I don't even, I didn't even know that existed, but I want to invest in it. So people, yeah, Yeah. people, if you, if you want to be part of this visualization team, um, just hit me up because I'm I'm serious about this. Like I want, if you, if you know how to take an idea and and make it come to life just from step one of just making it graphically look right. And this, that, and the third website, whatever. I I don't, I don't even want to say it's a graphic designer because he said app. I was like, that's not a graphic designer. But in three days. <laughs> in three days. I'll give that's you four. Because you know, that's yeah, Nike. That's Nike got a right. that yeah, a different yeah, yeah. bag. They can the they juice. can make that happen in, in three they days. I'm, I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna say four. Yeah. That's next level. Yeah, no, I, I heard so many, so many things in that though, right? It's like if you're a leader and you're the only one who can see the vision or the vision is in your head, it does no one else any good. Yep. You're the only one who can see the vision or the vision is in your head as the leader. It does no one any good because they just can't understand or comprehend what you're trying to accomplish. The other part that I heard, because I, I love what you, what you mentioned, right? Like uh, just the concept of bringing things to life little by little, but th- this other piece of, be, a lot of people think being a leader is being a boss. Right. You know, you know that in the Arabic language, boss, the word, the word for boss is teacher. Really? Yeah. Yeah. At least in, in, in my native language, as, as someone from Egypt, the word boss is, we, we would say ma'alim. Ma'alim is a teacher. Right, someone who teaches. You're not. You're not a boss in the sense of like, yo, I bet. So, right, boom. Now nah, you go over there. You do this. Like that. That's not a. That's not always the. That's not always how a boss needs to move. Right. When stuff hit the fan, by all means, the one who's the best leader, the one who understands all the moving pieces, probably needs to step in and really quarterback the ship, especially in a time of crisis. But think about that. The word for boss in a different language is teacher. And for me, I'm just, as I'm listening to him talk, shout out to my guy's audio settings, by the way. Eddie, can I get his audio settings somehow? Because I'm listening <laughs> to him and I'm like, yo, this dude is phenomenal. I don't know if it's his voice. I don't know if it's his audio settings. It's something. I, I think I got the same mic. I you need, do. I need, I, need, I, need his, I, need, <laughs> I need his audio settings, Eddie. But, but it's just like, I'm thinking about, yo, how selfless a true leader really is. Right. Yo, you gotta let your people feel that they're the ones accomplishing, that their voices are being heard, that their it, it, visions and ideas are, are brought into the table. Even if you have the answer, yo, how would you solve this? What should we do here? Right? right? And it's the responsibility of people on the team that if you're asked, provide input. Because I notice sometimes people on the team just be like, um, hmm. 
So what do you think? It's like, well, right. I just passed you the ball. Why are you throwing it back to me? Right. So it's like, I, I know both sides exist, but I'm just, I really love what he's saying here about some of these concepts and what I'm hearing. It's like, yo, be selfless. Be more of a teacher. Like being a boss and a leader, just because you own it doesn't always mean this stuff that we see on TV and on shows. It's not, it's not always how the boss needs to move. There is a different way to move which is to empower your people and make them feel fulfilled in the process of bringing your vision to life or bringing the company mission to life. Cause it's not like it's his company. My man works for Nike. So, so like all of us need to feel that. So I feel like we can all benefit more from being selfless. Right. And I think, um, I don't even like using the word boss. I think I rarely say boss, right? No, like, never. Yeah. Right, because I just I think, sit here to make people feel bad. Yeah, I think boss has has now. Of course, it's all about the narrative that you give it, right? But I feel that a leader does things differently. Like it, it it's a how do I want to say this? I I feel like just from a simple standpoint, it's you. You lead the people, but that can mean so many different things. Like you could lead them by giving them the space to be them on a creative way, on a skills way, right? Uh, you could lead them to, uh, you know, financial freedom. You could lead them into, uh, just acceptance of who they are. Like there, it doesn't mean yeah. uh, pushing them around. And, you know, that I think that's the definition that I get with a boss is that person that stands back and like, you do this, you do that, you do this. And it's not, it's not really team like. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But, for sure. But, um, but a, leader with especially with this method it's like and i love what you said those those people that are like more on the what, mm-hmm. what i mean what do you want to do like right i'm i'm just here like the supportive type shout out to those who are just the supportive type i think this is this way will trigger some creative thought Mm-hmm. And acceptance of the creative thought, regardless of how much, you know, maybe people uh, don't speak up because they may feel that it won't be accepted or that it sounds dumb or whatever it may be. But if we're creating an environment of just open mindedness of like, no, nothing's dumb. Let's just go with, you know what's the best for the company, you know, what what could actually be done with the resources that we have and just really pick out the pros and cons from a factual standpoint. Yeah. I think that will allow people to open up more and make decisions or make, uh, you know, give their opinions on different things and, you know, I, and for those those people who don't know, I work with a whole bunch of people in that supportive role. And 
it can be frustrating from a person who makes decisions and comes up with ideas. It could be very mm-hmm. frustrating, but I've been on this road of taking responsibility and like, have I been, have I just expected them to come up with ideas or have I really, have I really created a space that allows them to say whatever they want to say and we try it out for real, for real and allow facts to be the determining factor and not how we feel about it or what we think it may do. Like, so I, I like making it come to life. I really want to apply that. I really want to figure out different ways that doesn't add extra stress to nobody. It's like, all right, cool. Let's, let's make that come to life. It's like, wait, so hold on. For sure. I'm, I'm already, I already got a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But uh, just, just two things that I could add to real quick before we go on to the next one. Number one, everyone listening to this, man, study how other business models or business industries go about their product development, right? A lot of us in the service and creative world, because we don't have something physical that we hold in our hands, it's usually digital or something that we put online, we don't think about creating some form of sample, template, just as he's talking about the app, right? Because if you think about other models, if you're in the clothing industry, you never mass produce before you get samples. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're creating something physical, you usually never mass produce before you get a sample and you look at it and, hey, Okay, is, is the design centered? Is it this? Oh, do we want to make the lettering a little smaller, a little bigger? Do we want to shift? Do I like the material? Right? So study different industries or different verticals because it will show you what comes first in their process. And maybe you can take something into that. Just as we're talking and he mentioned the app, I'm like, man, Apple kind of showed their cars all along because anytime they put out an I- like a new iOS, they're always putting out a beta version. Mm-hmm. They always put out a beta version first. So it, it, I love the talk because it's just like, it's like what they say when you get a new car and you start seeing everywhere. It's like now that we're talking about it, I'm noticing like, yo, not for nothing. A lot of the more successful companies are doing this in some facet, whether it be a physical or a digital product. Mm-hmm. So uh, just with what you're saying, I do think we need to really adopt that mentality, but certainly think about how other industries go about bringing or just development in general, because there are some things that, we can take into it. And lastly, as it relates to the people side of things, we can't, we can't put so much pressure on our people to want them to succeed, but we never accept when they fail. Mm. That, that, that part needs to be encouraged. If you're working with somebody, you have to make it okay for them to fail, especially if you feel that they're more of a supportive behind the scenes person, doesn't want too much responsibility or just doesn't want to break something. There's some level of fear or intimidation with what's happening. Encourage them to fail. Because the minute they see that they're not going to get in trouble for failing, they're actually going to try. Mm. And that's where the magic sauce what happens with that group that's usually on the sidelines like that. That's a fact. I actually wanted to double back on the, uh, the Apple thing because they actually do the visualization, then the beta, then the real thing. Because on the mm-hmm. keynote, when they do their events, we see what it looks like. Right. To test it out doesn't happen till probably a couple of weeks later or a couple of days later. 
right? So you see what it is. You get excited about it. Oh, my God, this could possibly happen. Then there's a beta group, and then it's the the real-life updates. And, of course, nothing's ever perfect, so that continues to get updated. And I think yeah. that's that speaks a lot about an idea, too. Like, even when it's out to the world, that doesn't mean that's the final product. Certainly. Like, you can always give different versions of it, different upgrades to it. And, but it starts with the idea to then showing it, to then testing it, to then putting it out and understanding this is not just the final version. So, yeah, no. Shout out to Apple because Apple really gives the blueprint oh. all day. Yeah, yeah, for real. All day. For real. And we're already at 50 minutes. All right. Okay. So listen, right. Uh, This next clip, right? This next clip and maybe our last one. Sheesh. Um, Shout out to Nick Cannon because Nick Cannon doesn't get enough props for his business, his work ethic and and what he does behind the scenes. you know, people know him for various reasons, but there's one brand that we can't, like when you say Nick Cannon, you can't say Nick Cannon without saying this brand, which is Wildin' Out. And mm-hmm. I think it was like a year or two ago, there was some issues of that. It really wasn't his, was it his? Like there was this big confusion and he was recently on, the Joe Budden podcast talking about wilding out. And one of the things that I got out of it was just putting your head down and working and the results that it creates. So let's listen to it. My competition was pumped. Mm-hmm. It was me and Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. And that was the one that they held up and they embraced him. So they like, let Nick do his little thing. Yeah. We got pumped. Uh-huh. Outlasted them. Then they got another guy that they got really excited about. I was like, oh, we got ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, had, they had on another that one of those. Right. <laughs> another one of those. That's cool. Right. But the whole time I'm over here quiet grinding and then they look up and it's a billion dollar brand that has many verticals from touring from brick and mortar merchandise gaming restaurants (laughs) like like, so none of their other brands have done that still their number one digital brand to this day is wilding out man yeah (laughs) what what does jay say men lie Women lie, numbers don't. And I just think anytime that that numbers are a part of the conversation, everyone shuts up. Whatever debate is going on about who's the best and who's not the best, the minute someone can have their numbers and their proof like that, that's phenomenal. But we can't also talk numbers without addressing the obvious, which is what he did to produce the numbers. Mm-hmm. And to your point about the work ethic, the consistency, regardless of what was happening in his life. And there have been many different reasons why we could uh, uh, we even know about Nick Cannon through different other formats. Right. Whether it be his personal life, his love life, his children, his this. There are other things that we know about him. But 
when you think about despite of all of that, his brand or that the Wallin' Out brand is where it's at, that shows you the level of focus, consistency, discipline, drive that somebody's got to have to be able to deal with those things, but still keep something running the way it is. So that it just goes back to the intangibles. Like we saw in the beginning, it was authenticity and vulnerability. And now you're seeing some more of those traits and characteristics here that you need to infuse into yourself before you see it manifest into your brand and even the revenue of your business or what it's producing. Like you got to really double down on you so that even if you're not getting the attention, when the conversation does come up, it's undisputable. Like, oh, wow, I I didn't know. (laughs) I had no idea. But I can't ignore the fact that these numbers are present because reports, data, everything will come back and show me what even what I didn't know. So uh, that, yeah, I I can't even say anything else about that. That's incredible. Yeah. This said my hits home, so I'm going to say it in a different way. So. Um, so what I like about this was there's, you, you see the new shiny object, right? What he said was punked and ridiculous, right? Oh, we got punk. We got ridiculous. We're going to put our energy to that. We're going to put, we, we see you, but you do whatever you want, right? Now. Other people could get very discouraged, right? Like other people get very discouraged. Like, you know, I'm not getting the attention. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting the the same exposure. I'm not doing, um, they're not giving me the same energy. But what he did was like literally put his head down and was like, I'm going, I'm going in, I'm going in. I'm, I'm going to build this. And then the fact that he said, yo, I got, you know, brick and mortar. I got uh, a digital product. I got uh, merchandise. I got gaming. I got, like, first off, I didn't know. Like, I actually saw a while and out, like, spot. And I was like, I'm so confused. What does that even mean? What it, do they come there? Do they not? Like, what's, what's happening, right? Um, but he built that to where it's like, hold up. We need a part of that, mm. right? You have all ownership of this? No, 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 no. Hold on. We, we, we got to figure this out because you're actually still going while these other two are gone. Or Born gone. Yeah. Well, I think one is still running, but. Ridiculousness might be still on from yeah, time yeah, to yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's still running, but regardless, um, they're not, they don't have the same amount of, of uh, popularity as it used to. Wild and out, still going, still going strong on tour and everything. And it's like, hold on. We need a part of that somehow, some way, because what? You're on our platform, right? Right. So, and, and, in that same interview, he was like, yep, so we came to to an agreement that, you know, that makes me comfortable. That makes me comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Right, that makes me comfortable. And and then he also spoke about, you know, uh, I think it, he I think he did give up fifty percent, and was like, you know what, they're going to now give the energy it needs. They're going to get the, and I'm okay with doing that because now my team can chill out a little bit and let this team take it to new heights. And it, it brings up several things for me. One, regardless of what you may think you deserve or how much energy should be put into you, you still have to have your own base. You still have to have your own thing going on because you're the one that has the, the dream. You're the one that sees the potential of it. And so, though it may not be being grown as fast as others, it's still growing because you're putting energy to it and never to get too discouraged that it stops, right? But when they finally do see what it's worth, when people finally do recognize how dope you are, you have to put yourself in certain situations where you only get in partnerships or, or situations that is going to elevate what you've already done on your own. Not something that you feel like it's owed to them because you're on their platform, but you clearly see, oh, snap. They are about to take me to whole new heights. This makes sense. And Financially wise, it makes sense. Exposure wise, leverage wise, it all makes sense now. But that possibly couldn't have happened if he would have been like, oh, you spending more time with punk and you're spending more time with ridiculousness. Like it could have been just a pilot that could have failed. But he was like, nah, we don't. And the, the, the real great thing about Wildin' Out, it was literally a platform in order to put his friends on. Mm. Let me highlight yeah. some of the other great comedians and stand-up artists, and let me put them here and, and show the world how dope they are. And he continues to do that. Like, we know of a, uh, if we're talking about relevant stuff, like a DC young fly because of wilding out. Yeah. We know of a, a, a B Simone because of wilding out a pretty V because of wilding out, you know, or plays a factor uh, in that. And so to come from pure intentions of let me put people on and building it and believing it more than maybe others would, and then finally being in a position where they see what you do and want to be a part of it and making strategic moves based off what other people can do, not because they felt like they had to or anything. I think Nick Cannon needs more flowers than he really gets. Because that's that, that whole movement for it to be a billion dollar brand to have such different components of Wildin' Out, which seems just like a really dope comedic show to, 
oh, no, we're touring. No, we got merchandise. We got this. We got that. We got, like, it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring. And it it shows a lot of what putting your head down and working does. I mean. Yeah, that's major. Yeah, the, the fact that he's accomplished all of those things simultaneously diversified a brand, built a brand, put his people on, made a name for himself. It's like there's so many things that have happened under that one roof, which it just shows that we can always do more with an opportunity. Right. It's just once, once an opportunity is, whatever's in our hands, we can always do more with it. That's a perfect example. A guy took... Something that could be uh, any stand-up tour. I don't know. I don't know of any stand-up tours that have made a billion, but the fact that he can get that valuation out of it—that's incredible. Big facts. Listen, people. Uh, let us know what you think of this episode. Follow us on all uh, social media channels. Nikki and Moose—it's what it is. And of course, uh, this. Episode is powered by Ecamm Live. If you want to try Ecamm Live out for 14 days for free on us, just go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm, E-C-A-M-M, and get your 14 days for free. Moose, final words. Yeah, nothing deep, man, but take care of you. I'm going to be honest, physical, mental, spiritual you can change the scenery and move from one home to another one part one apartment to another but you're still going to live in your same body so take care of you 